You may know you're listening to this show along the Marketing Podcast Network, but did you know there are other great shows on MPN to help your business? Christy Heiler hosts a fantastic podcast called Own It. Christy, tell us more about the show. Own It is all about celebrating women and non-binary advertising agency owners. We talk about buying out of the Boys Club of Advertising because less than 1% of ad agencies are owned by women. And where can people subscribe? You can find the podcast at untilyouownit.com. We're also on the Marketing Podcast Network at marketingpodcast.net. And of course, you can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You heard her. Go subscribe. Welcome to the Fearless Business Podcast, sharing with you the business behind running a business. We're your hosts, Jamie Lieberman and Mary Clavier. Each week, we'll be bringing you great guests, insights from our experiences, and a behind-the-scenes look at all the topics you may be afraid to tackle in your business, but shouldn't be. So sit back, get comfy, and let's get started. Welcome to episode 108 of the Fearless Business Podcast. This is Jamie. I'm here with my co-host, Mary. And today we're talking about all the feel-good stuff, all the charities that we have been supporting locally, because our guest today is a the CEO of a nonprofit that I work with. Uh, her name is Joy Hoover, and she's the CEO and founder of the Cupcake Girls. We'll get to her interview soon. But before we get to that, Mary, I feel like during this time, I mean, as people listen back, I'm sure they will never forget this time of our pandemic. I'm seeing pretty unforgettable, right? But I'm seeing some really amazing stuff happening. A lot of people donating and coming together, organizing um, nonprofits or funds to help, you know, doctors, nurses, any essential workers. And that that gives me the happy feels. It It is like a nice bright spot. It really is because you can get really lost in all the negativity. But no, we have some great, great organizations, both locally. Well, as if we needed another reason to love where we live. <laughs> I'm sure Don loved that. Sorry, not sorry, um, Don. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we're like shining even more. There's been so, yeah, so many things for engagement. I mean, to support the essential workers. So things like the FLAG organization, which I forget what the acronym stands Front for, actually. Line Frontline. Something group. Something Advocacy yes. group. Maybe. Maybe. Anyway, they're amazing. Um, it's run by a local mom and business owner, actually. And she is organizing meals every single day to different, hosted by different restaurants. The community members and um, small businesses are donating. They're organizing to give to hospitals, like all different departments in the hospitals, um, nurses and doctors and custodial staff. And it's just police officers, firefighters. It's been incredible to watch. We have like a, a local Facebook group she created and people are just Venmoing and PayPaling and she's showing everybody where it's all going and it's so cool. Local restaurants are donating. It's been Yeah, it's so nice for the restaurants too, like to show that they're also involved and that, you know, they're ordering from them to to help and everything. Yeah, it's a it's been really cool. And every night at seven o'clock, um, yes, people have heard yeah. this on the news uh, in New York and here, everybody opens up their windows and does this massive five minute cheer uh, that you can hear 
all throughout the city. Uh, that's just for all of the um, anybody who's an essential worker and on those front lines. So it it feels good. My kids are way into it. They're screaming. My one son was in the shower tonight when it was happening. He was yelling from the shower. It was awesome. <laughs> well, it's a very different picture in my house because the girls stand with their hands covering their ears thinking that we're being so loud. <laughs> and my husband takes like a spoon and a bowl and goes and stand by the window stands by the window and bangs the spoon and they're saying that it's too loud. I'm like, oh, really? Because we just heard you all day. I think you're you're way louder. (laughs) Yes. A bowl and a spoon. Yes. That's been cool. But it's my kids are way. They're like, oh my gosh, and a reason to scream? I'm in. Um, there's been so much good stuff. Uh, the Joy, who's the CEO of the Cupcake Girls, and I've mentioned the Cupcake Girls before. I'm on the board of directors there. And we've been, she's been, and her staff, and even some of us on the board have been tirelessly fundraising uh, because they're, you know, what they, they've had such an influx of clients come in. The Cupcake Girls provides resources for victims of sexual abuse and sex trafficking. And many of their existing clients, um, and this is like case management is what they're providing. And many of their existing clients are definitely in need during this time. And so they've had such a huge influx of needs. So they are have shifted from an in-person model to a virtual model. They're an unbelievable organization based out of Las Vegas. Um, and so I wanted Joy to come on so she could talk about, number one, her work in building a nonprofit that's been around as long as hers, and also what they do, and to just highlight a nonprofit that's doing something incredible um, and is even like magnified their efforts during this time. And there are so many nonprofits out there that are just fighting the fight. Our local shelter, they have been so vocal. They're amazing what they're doing and continuing to provide. And they're very vocal about what they need. And then the residents come in and bring, give them as much as they can. And it's just, they're so, I mean, it's, it's endless, the charities and the hard work that's being done right now, um, often when there is no money. And a lot of the, a lot of these organizations depend on in-person fundraisers and those, you know, those aren't happening now. Oh yeah. The cupcake and I feel like it's a big two. season for them. Yeah. They, and it's, they got both got canceled. Yeah. So now they have to be creative and think of other things or try other ways to get people's attention online, which, okay, everyone's home. So they're all online, but they're also bombarded with a million things. So there's a lot of noise. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of noise. Stop adding to the noise, everyone. (laughs) Yeah. Stop that. Be quiet. Just listen. I saw you posted about that really cool grant that Sarah Blakely's doing. Oh, yeah. Isn't that awesome? I think I know there's so many good things. There's so many good things coming out. That's with the um, global giving the red. Yeah. Global giving. And it's the red backpack fund because it started from her with her red backpack when she started Spanx. But yeah, there are so many great resources. She's incredible. She's given like $5 million, right? Yeah. Something she's, like I mean, she's, she's given, I mean, and she's had like a fund before she's sponsored and done grants before, but now she's like taking it to a different level to specifically help now with everything that's going on. Female owned businesses. Yeah. Love mm-hmm. that. Yeah. Yeah, it's great. She's amazing. It was cool. Yeah, I know. When I saw that, I thought of you. I was like, oh, Mary's got to be so Mary's got to be so She's cool. I'm like, yes. You know, she takes her friends on a trip every year for her birthday, and she doesn't tell them where they're going, and she just tells them what they need to pack, like what type of clothes, what type of climate, and if they need their passport or not. That's so fun. And they do a huge party every year, just them. They've been friends for like so many years. 
One day. Like, yeah, when I'm that rich, I want to do me that too. too. One day I'll do that. <laughs> That's my goal. <laughs> we'll go twice yes, every year. Yes, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, the places we could go. Yeah, right. When well, we can travel again. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yes, John, you're you're not invited. Sorry. <laughs> Don. Don wanted to go to Portland. I He's know. World Domination Summit, which is the event that uh, Mary and I and Don all go to, is mo- has been postponed. It's in June in Portland. And so I think most events through the end of June, as I've seen it, have been moved. We'll see what happens for, you know, as the summer goes. But yeah, so missing some of that travel. But um, yeah, so I think I'm just trying to focus on the good stuff on the good things that are coming out the amounts that I'm actually talking to friends that like live all over the place. <laughs> as much as I miss my in person stuff, like I have a group of girlfriends who all used to live here and have all since moved. And we text all the time. And we have a yearly girls trip. But we don't like video chat or anything. We've had a weekly Zoom call every I've week. I've been doing one with one of my yeah. friends. And we had today all four of us. Yeah, from our group chat, we did it. We're like, we need to do this now every week. Yes, we've had it. I have like three or four groups of friends right now where we have a weekly Zoom. Some of them are local, but a lot of them aren't. And it's just been like nice to see their faces and to talk with them and to goof around and to like, I, I mean, this one. Try to forget the situation. Well, a this bit. one particular group and I, I mean, we are just. Like it is, it is some low level humor, but we're just so goofy and, and it's a nice reprieve from Don's thinking everything. he's not surprised. No, I mean, it's, it's, we know you're not surprised. I find us all hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so uh, that's sort of my week this week. I think everybody's having different weeks, but I'm, I'm trying to focus on the good stuff on all the, the really beautiful stories that are coming out The what humans of New York is doing. They're showing, Oh, oh my gosh, it's incredible. <laughs> and John they Kaczynski, so good. Kaczynski oh is my, good news. So, so funny, funny. So funny. Um, so good. I'm even, loving it. Even like tanks, good news, Love like tanks. following all of that. I mean, they're fantastic. And Kristen Bell, they're doing with Hello Bello, they're donating product for a year. There's like the one I saw today, there's a new mom and the husband just got laid off because of COVID-19 and she is undergoing cancer treatment and now they're giving them. Yeah. So anyway, but yeah, there's, there's nice things that people are doing to help each other, which we have to focus on that, you know, like Mr. Rogers, look for the helpers. That's right. That's where I've been with it. So I think that's the good sanity check for the week is to focus on the good, focus on the the people, support them in any way you can. It doesn't have to be money. It can be other ways. It can be spreading messages. It can be contacting people you know have money. It could be space. It could be time. I had a um a friend ma- send me a message who's also like a local uh, an entrepreneur that I know. She's a client as well, and she was talking about how she you know felt a little bit lost. And I'm like, we're getting on a Zoom. We're gonna talk for an hour. And we did, and that's just what I'm doing. I want to you know when people need help, let's get on a call and let's figure it out. It's not a money thing anymore. Right now, it's just a matter of like reaching out and. It's the same with the community. Yeah, we're doing more calls now because. Yeah. Sometimes some people just need to talk to other people to like know that they're not going through it alone, you know? Exactly. So let's focus on that. And I think we need to get to Joy's interview. It is so good. And there's, there's so, she's awesome. And everybody needs to know about the Cupcake Girls. Oh, we talked about happiness and we're talking about joy. Yes, that's right. I got it. Joy, Joy brings (laughs) joy for sure. 
So as founder and CEO of the Cupcake Girls, partner to her husband of 14 years and mama to two fierce little ladies who, by the way, are the cutest, Joy's goal is to empower others through her personal journey of social entrepreneurship. Joy and her family have had the privilege of sharing space, respect, resources, and relationships with folks working in the adult industry and those who have been sex trafficked for the nearly the last 10 years. They are honored to stand in solidarity and link arms with this important and valuable community. As an experienced public speaker and voice for the organization, Joy has been featured in TEDx Women, the LA Times, Vice, Huffington Post, Fox News, and the Leadership Journal. She speaks from personal experiences of healing, growing an organization, and showing up each day with courage, humility, and a deep love for marginalized communities. Joy's core belief is that every human has inherent dignity and is worthy of respect. She considers herself a human who gives a, this is a curse word, so we're going to bleep it, but it's shh, that word. And her goal is to activate others to give one of those SH words too. <laughs> there are a few curses. Um, we've bleeped a few, but, uh, you know, we don't curse on this, but we like to let our guests be who they are. And I personally in real life do curse. So <laughs> we, you won't hear most of them, but you may hear one or two. So I'm so excited that I have finally entered, I guess, what, year 2000 maybe? And I created a YouTube channel. I have so many videos and so much content that I created. I finally want to put it all in one place, but I need subscribers. So I would love it if you would search for Jamie Lieberman in YouTube and subscribe to my new YouTube channel. I'm going to be posting videos all about legal topics, business topics, the interviews that I'm doing, sneak peek. I have an interview series coming up that I think will be really helpful. So I'd love it if you guys would check it out. I hope you guys enjoy this interview. I loved having the chance to um, spend time with Joy and talk to her about her journey. I am so excited because I am here today with my very good friend, Joy Hoover, who is the CEO and founder of the Cupcake Girls and Local for All. Welcome to the show, Joy. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be on. Ah, this has been a long time coming. I know. I feel like we've been talking about this for a bit now. What what, what more better time than a time when we have time? <laughs> That's what I- saying. I was like, people need hope and help. And that's what you signify to me. Thank you. Yeah. So I figured you were the perfect guest to come on. So people, anybody who knows me um, and who follows me on social or talks to me for more than, I don't know, 15 minutes knows that I am a board member of the amazing nonprofit that you founded and run. But I would love you to tell our audience a little bit about uh, the work that you're doing and the nonprofit and how you got here. But let's start first with um, about the organization. Yes. So we at the Cupcake Girls officially uh, turned nine years old, which is completely insane to say. We provide holistic resources and aftercare to folks working in the adult industry and to folks that have been sex trafficked. And we do that through comprehensive programs of case management and one-on-one individualized support that is completely without agenda to folks that reach out to us. The cupcake piece, uh, everyone's like, okay, but what about the cupcakes? The cupcake piece is really just that connection piece and that icebreaker where we visit uh, legal brothels throughout Nevada and different strip clubs, adult industry events in Las Vegas and Portland throughout the nation right now. Just again, connecting with folks saying we are a safe and inclusive space. You matter and you are to you deserve to be treated with dignity and respect. And we want to provide resources 
for you. Um, the top programs that we provide through our case management services are have to do a lot with uh, sex trafficking, with domestic violence, with ho- homelessness, with substance abuse, and with con- career transition. And those are the top things that folks come to us and the nuanced needs that they have. That's, I mean, I met, so Joy and I met at Podcast Movement of all places. <laughs> right. <laughs> and we um, were introduced by our mutual friend, Amber De La Garza, who's actually also been a guest. We will drop her link um, to her show. And we, I I don't know, I just loved you instantly. You're so, I loved what you do. Uh, and so the organization is amazing. And then when you meet Joy, she finds these magical ways of getting you involved, which is incredible. And she asked <laughs> me, you know, you love that. She asked me to be on the board and I was honored to accept that. And so I work with Joy um, on her very active board, which is, it's been such a cool experience. I'd love you to talk a little more about what some of those resources are that you guys can provide and what amazing things you're doing with the funds that we're all raising. Yeah. So right now we have 200, I think, or just past the 200 mark of active case management clients. We have 47 client advocates that are trained. They're all volunteer. They are trained in 18-hour training of trauma-informed training where they learn everything from how to connect, um, how to do um, suicide evaluations, how to connect our clients to services, how to be a trauma-informed mentor and support person. And individually, our clients get care one-on-one to navigate the goals that they have. So when a client reaches out, they're contacted within 24 hours by a client advocate, and they're built out a program of when we can meet and how we can meet the needs of our clients. And we do every, we provide everything from dental needs to tattoo removal to um, a lot, I mean, top number one resource actually is mental health services. So our clients are in one-on-one advocacy as well as typically a therapy or some sort of support with mental health. And the list goes on. We have clients that have experienced homelessness. We literally have a couple of clients right now that we're navigating, getting them out from living in their cars right now um, because they were already on the brink of homelessness before the, you know, the pandemic happened. We have individuals that have come to our office that are literally in their T-shirt and underwear that are running from a trafficker that have been either held against their will or that are working against their will and giving all of their funds from work in the adult industry to an individual and they're not in control of, they're not choosing the industry and they're not in control of their money. And so these are nuanced needs that we are seeing and that our client advocates are are supporting. But our approach is human-based. We have no judgment on an individual's choices or career path. We really just want to see them as you are a human being that is deserving of dignity and respect. And we want to make sure that you are living the, the best life possible, that you and your children are safe, that you are consenting your choices, that you are fighting through the things that you're experiencing, whether it be substance abuse or mental health needs or just basic physical, emotional and mental care through dental and medical and legal services. Um, And it has been the wildest ride I could ever imagine. But I can tell you firsthand that the individuals that we get the honor of linking arms with are some of the most courageous folks I've ever come in contact with. And I'm just amazed the ability to survive through the most intense trauma and that we get to trust folks in their moments of some of the most intense situations and see them triumph over the struggles and pain that they're experiencing. 
how, how did you start this? Like, <laughs> you've used, you know, you've been doing it for nine years, you your mission is so clear, the help that you provide is so tangible and important. But how did you get from nine years ago to even decide to take this path? You know, my husband and I, we we are celebrating 15 years of marriage this year, which I'm super excited about. Hopefully we can have a date night in September. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, anyways, we have always been super passionate about marginalized communities, folks that maybe felt ostracized inside different circles, either career circles or race circles, just different equality circles, religion. Um, and so we have always been passionate about showing up for kind of the underdogs and learning more. We have this belief system that everyone has a story and everyone deserves to be loved and cared for equally. That's shown up in different areas of our life in when we were living in Michigan and also in Los Angeles and then to move to to Las Vegas. And we literally came on our four-year wedding anniversary in 2009 for vacation. You can't come to Las Vegas without seeing all of the adult industry that's happening on the Strip and off the Strip. And we just were kind of impressed on to like research and look and learn more about this industry and how many people are actively working in it and what resources are there for folks. And we started seeing things that there's about 100,000 people working in the adult industry in Las Vegas. And the amount of resources, especially with no agenda, were few to none at that time. And so we sold everything we had in three months after a weekend in Vegas. We were living in Michigan at a time and moved to Vegas to just learn about and serve the community. My goodness, that choice changed the trajectory of our life because what plan, what we didn't necessarily plan on, you know, changing our whole life and living here forever, but we just wanted to meet needs that we saw at the time and do the next right thing, which what we saw at the time was really just showing up for people and listening. And that's what I did. My background's actually hair and makeup. I'm a cosmetologist. So I did hair and makeup in the restroom at the largest adult convention in the world that's here located in Las Vegas. I was standing at the mirror in a public restroom at the convention center with lashes and hairspray and lipstick connecting with folks that were working the show. And Again, I didn't have a plan. I, our plan wasn't just necessarily start a nonprofit. I just wanted to be a good human, a, a human that gives a shit and cares about others. Hopefully I can say that word on here. We give and, you special permission. <laughs> okay, good. And I just, uh, you know, folks would come walk by this mirror and I'm like, hey, do you want your lips touched up? Do you want hairspray? Do you need anything? And they're like, looked at me like, who is this girl? And then immediately came over and was like, yes. And started showing me pictures of their kids and sharing about things that had happened that day or that year. And we just built these connections that literally changed the trajectory of my life. That was 12 days into our move. And I just literally went, went back to the little room we were staying in on an air mattress and told Phil, I was like, we have to do this, babe. Like, we have to keep showing up for these people and we need to do it well. And so we started serving the community in 2010 by showing up with cupcakes and hair and makeup. And that turned into us being able to provide resources because we couldn't not. We started hearing about an individual that had experienced sexual assault that week and needed help or an individual that needed, you know, that was losing her kids with for custody or an individual that had an abscess in her mouth from a, not seeing a dentist in seven years. We had to do something. And so we just started calling folks in our community saying, we have someone in need. Can you help? And started building out resources and a volunteer program and eventually um, inviting staff to join and and doing that both in Las Vegas and then in Portland, Oregon as well. 
That's an it's an unbelievable story. Lots of people ask, you know, how I, I, I have clients who regularly contact me, I want to start a nonprofit, I want to start a nonprofit. But to actually do it, <laughs> I imagine with the ups and downs is really, really challenging. How do you stay the course when things feel dark? Or I mean, you hear a lot of really challenging stories, and you're so upbeat and positive. How do you navigate those waters? Yeah, upbeat and positive most of the time. And then I just find pockets of therapy or other things that help me cry it out. That's that's literally one of the big things. But honestly, yeah, you know, 90% of nonprofits fail in the first three years is the stat. And I, I would I would presume it's higher. It is when most people say, how do I start a nonprofit? I say, don't. That's like my first answer. It is so hard. Like it is so hard to build out a business and and programs to care for folks while trying to keep humans at the center and trying to keep your business afloat and trying to have um, a marriage and a family and all of that stuff. But I'm super passionate about it. I think, you know, one of the biggest things for me was a few years into the Cupcake Girls of just you know, doing anything whenever, however, whatever happened, whatever was thrown at me, just showing up and making it happen. I knew that wasn't sustainable. And I think a lot of times as an entrepreneur, when you start something, you're just, you don't really have a plan. You just have a passion and your passion can, can get you places, but it can't create sustainability to grow and to build structure that you need to sustain and to, and to, um, have increases, right. And to grow into, into the dreams and goals that you have. And so for me, it was building out structure of life planning, uh, business planning and time management and trying to build some sort of, of normalcy to caring for individuals with, yeah, extreme, extreme stories. You know, the things that we hear are not the normal things. They're, they're, they're truly incomprehensible trauma and crisis that our clients are navigating. And, and I always say, like, I started this not knowing anything, and now I know way more than I'd ever want to. But honestly, that is what keeps me staying the course. We use this quote by William Wilber Wilberforce that says, once you know, you can walk away, but you can never again say that you did not know. And honestly, those initial um, few months and years of not knowing better so that when we gave our number out in the strip clubs and we got a client that called us who was, you know, 18 weeks pregnant and was thrown down the stairs at two in the morning from her boyfriend that we showed up to her house and changed her locks and navigated a plan to keep her and the baby safe. You can't walk away from that. You know, would I would I recommend that now? No, we have systems in place where we're a little safer and we, we have some professionals on our team that tell me, no, Joy, we can't do that right now, but here's a plan that we can keep people safe. Um, but we have, you know, literally picked people up from the psych ward after getting after um, overdosing on heroin and being dropped off at a hospital and having no place to go and one garbage bag of items to their name. And we detoxed her on our couch for days until we could get her into rehab. And you can't walk away from those experiences. And so the reality is, is that I am a privileged woman who was raised with love and consideration and and some some crazy stuff at home as well but nothing like individuals that we're seeing that are experiencing and it is definitely a choice every day to show up and say it this is not about me but this is about showing up for others so not so that I can speak for others but so I can build space to create space for individuals 
that haven't had a voice, that they have the ability to speak for themselves and to fight for their own futures and for their kids' futures. And for me, that's what keeps me going. It is our clients. It is the individuals that I'm seeing fighting through more things than I could ever imagine. And it's about building a better world that I want to raise my three and six-year-old daughters in. And if I can't build a world that has that creates space for everyone at the table and creates leaves no one behind, then I'm not doing my job. And that's what I wake up to fight to do every single day. There's obviously you have so much passion and it is what draws people to you. No, it's amazing. It's what draws people to you. It's what keeps you going. It's what allows you to, I think, process some of the, you know, the stories that you hear because they're hard to hear, but have to be heard. You know, they can't be silenced. They, you have to talk about it. How were you able to sort of take that um, and say to yourself, okay, I know I have the passion. I know I have the drive. I know, I know I, I have a vision. How do you put those processes in place? You and I are very similar insofar as we're not good at the processes. <laughs> yes, 100%. So what did you do? Um, how did you know you needed to do it? And then w- what were your next steps? Well, I knew I needed it because literally for the first three years straight, every year in January, I ended up in the hospital because I was physically ill from the stress that I was causing myself from the hours I was working and the lack of self-care I was providing. I was burnt out and I knew that wasn't sustainable. And so in 2014, I brought on a coach. We had a donor that sent me to this uh, weekend retreat to introduce me to coaching, which I didn't really even know a lot about. And she was able to do it for literally like 10% of the cost and really showed me how to build out a life business, a life and business plan and to use time management structure to actually accomplish it. Now, the funny thing is, is that she gave me a lot of tools and that literally changed the trajectory tra- trajectory of my life and the Cupcake Girls future. Because I'm kind of a rebel, some of those processes didn't always work. And so she would just say, use the processes and make it your own. And so she joked and said that my my business plan is to build a plan and then just to pray and hustle and <laughs> That was how I handled it. And so that's like, you know, the joke between us. But yeah, I had to create structure that set some goals in place for my mental health, for my marriage, for my parenting, for even being okay with adventure or doing things that were fun or for myself, because you get kind of this to this place when especially it feels like within nonprofit and you're seeing the weight of the world that that you feel like is on your shoulders. You're like, well, well I can't do anything then or spend money on me or, or care for myself because someone, people are dying, you know? And so building that out and having, getting at that time also an amazing therapist um, that's been seeing us now for eight years in July and being able to build out structure and and space to to heal ourselves so that we could be better humans and be able to keep showing up to heal the world. I think that's such a good point, um, just in terms of that self-sacrifice that many, um, anybody, for-profit, not-for-profit, you often think to yourself, like, I'm not allowed to have the good stuff because I've got to give to everybody else first, whether it's your employees, your clients, whether it's you're running a nonprofit or a for-profit business. But when it's something that you own, you know, it's really hard to make that space for yourself and say, like, no, it's okay, I'm, I'm allowed to go by myself that thing that I was looking at. But yeah, that's that's a conscious choice I feel like many business owners have to make. Mm-hmm. And I, yeah, absolutely. I, and we don't talk about it enough. It's important um, to be able to do that. Um, I love I love what your coach said because that resonates with me a lot. 
<laughs> that's how I live too. Yeah. It's just, I torture my poor ops director all the time. I'm like, so we're going to do this. Now you need to figure out how to do it. <laughs> One, you know, I think you brought up, that's a great point because honestly you have to build a team yeah. and, and, and that's the perfect, I think point uh, as well is you don't, don't minimize the fact that you have strengths and weaknesses and it's okay to lean into those strengths and bring people on to kind of connect with your weaknesses so that they have those strengths for us at the cupcake girls. I want everyone to win. No, if people come in with that are better at things than me, I'm like, please help me out here. You know, we have, there's, there's nine of us on staff now, um, and which is the most we've ever had. We lead a two city organization um, with a half million dollar budget and, and 200 case management clients with, with nine of us. And the rest is over 200 volunteers and 270, I think now partners, and you have to bring the right people on your team. And, and a lot of that for me was building out our core values and our culture so that our, we could bring in the right people so that we could keep thriving. And I, I didn't learn that early enough in my organization. Honestly, I wish I would have learned it earlier and I could have gotten through more headaches or maybe not had as many headaches, but you know, you live and you learn and you keep going and, and failure to me is, is, is a pivot structure of like, okay, that didn't work. Let's try this. So never underestimate the, the value of bringing the right people on and linking arms with folks that have different skill sets that, that have, that can opt into your dream. That is everything. Yes, I fully agree. I, I also learned that lesson as well. And I think everybody has to learn that when they're starting out running whatever organization you're going to run. They're making a, a wrong hire. And I don't want to use the word bad. I want to use the word wrong, like not a fit is the greatest lesson that you can have. Um, the key there, though, is extricating yourself fast enough. <laughs> I tend to be a very loyal person. So I will just I will hold tight, even though in my gut, I know I got to let go. But I, I have a lot of like, I just have so much loyalty to people that once I commit to you, like you're stuck with me forever. That's the important thing is when you make when you figure out that that hiring decision is wrong, you got to act on it. <laughs> you can't let it. It's just bad for both parties. It's not doing anybody just any favors at all. You guys are in it. Well, one, I think we obviously have to deal with the sort of thing that we're all living with right now, which was we're currently when we're recording this, we're in the midst of the coronavirus pandemic. Um, and I remember you and I being on a call right when it was starting. And I remember we were talking about like, what are we going to do? And so I'd love to hear a little bit about how you've taken what is an incredibly in-person sort of personal touch organization and made it virtual in such a short amount of time. Yeah, I literally was like, watching the news, just watching, watching, watching to see like, can we keep going? Can we keep going? And there was a little bit right of time that we thought, okay, we can still do this with social distancing. And then, you know, it shifted quickly. And I think that that's the key in, in entrepreneurship is that things typically change a lot, but they can change fast and you have to be on your feet and ready to go. And so one of the statements I made is, this is what we do, team. Like we fight crisis with level heads and hearts wide open and we are going to, we can do this. We can accomplish it. You know, then I go out and cry in my car and then come back and be the level headed person my staff needs um, because we, we have emotions too, right? Yeah. For us, it was, you know, we knew that we needed to have HIPAA compliant 
or, or systems that we could utilize to make sure we were seeing all of our clients. Um, so we built out those systems very quickly. Um, we continued to utilize our project uh, management systems and, and we just literally all started, you know, closed our offices and, and, within like six hours uh, on a Monday and we figured everything out and we were, we we're going as we, as we are, you know, we start building out like a two week plan and then it's like, okay, now it's a six week plan. And I joked with my staff this week and said, okay, we built out a life raft plan. Now we got to build a bigger ship right now for the next at least 30 days. And it's, it's cultivating these temporary normals, you know, and it, it's, it's instead of saying everything's canceled or the things are, you know, it's this massive shift to, okay, we're just pivoting. We're just pivoting what we're doing. You know, we had to cancel uh, two big fundraisers. And so now we're, we're just getting creative to pivot that. We had stuff planned out for the entire year that, of course, none of us would ever know that this would be our reality. It's really just trying to shift into, this is not a victim, this is not about me, this is about caring for my team and my clients with a level head and making sure that people that need support, which by the way, we have had a 300% increase in client support requests, that we are still able to show up. So we are doing trainings, we're training new advocates right now for 18 hours over Zoom. We're doing um, 15 minute pre-work calls every day to all connect and make sure we're all okay and that we can get our stuff done. And and we're just pivoting everything. We're building out our, instead of a gala, we're building out, you know, an online uh, system to connect with this, you know, huge, massive building project that we're in the middle of that we happened to break ground on. And then two days later, the global pandemic was, was called. And so, yeah, you just have to pivot and you just got to try to stay hopeful and positive. And that's not always easy. But one thing that I have told myself every day, literally for the last three years in the middle of, you know, the project that we're building out, which is this multi-million dollar holistic resource center and social enterprise that we as a small business and nonprofit have really no business in building, but we're doing it because it needs to be done. And I, I told myself every day when I woke up, today has the oppor- is the opportune day for something to change to build this dream. Every time we got cash bought out from buyers, every time you know uh, an investor backed out, every time things happened that were bad, I would grieve them and shift quickly to, okay, tomorrow's the day. That would be an opportune time to build this dream. And keeping the hope of one day, one hour, one minute can change things for the good or the bad and lean on the fact that good is coming and good is is right at our fingertips to grasp if we keep showing up. This is why we hang out. I just I need, <laughs> I need those I need those joy talks. Tell everyone, I mean we haven't even touched on it yet, but you touched on the building project which is local for all. I mentioned it very briefly when I introduced you, but I'd love to this is the next phase of the organization and I love how you've shifted into this this idea of sustainability um and growth. And so tell everyone about this building project and what it is that you guys are what the Cupcake Girls are creating. Yeah, so we had a dream. Literally, I have paperwork that says in 2011 that we wanted a holistic resource center with all-encompassing services for clients. What we realized very early on with individuals in crisis, which is 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 if not a hundred percent, is a probably ninety percent of our clients, is that when we have partners and services all over the Las Vegas Valley 
and and Portland Valley, it it can become a huge barrier for individuals to get the care that they need. So we can build up those plans, we can build those partnerships, but if they have to go to the dentist 40 minutes up and then to their therapist 20 minutes over, but they don't have a car, then we have new problems. And and yes, we can get them bus passes, but if they're experiencing trauma, then it's really hard to keep you know, their endurance going um, through it and and build that trust with new people all the time. And so about three years ago, I just decided, hey, if we're going to do this, we need to figure out how to do it. And so in 2016, when I was pregnant with our second daughter, I pulled a picture from Google that looked really cool. And I literally started traveling around the U.S. to anyone who's ever supported Cupcake Girls saying, we are building a holistic resource center. We didn't have a name. We didn't have it all fleshed out because obviously why would I think of the details right I mean silly (laughs) (laughs) I feel that I feel that hard yeah yeah I just started speaking about the work that we're doing and how we're building this holistic resource center and for the next three years we literally started raising money meeting with owners meeting with investors and building a team for local for all and what we've or what has been been building up now has been uh, that we purchased a building in downtown Las Vegas in the arts district, which literally on my vision board, what I kept saying is I want a 10,000 square foot building in the arts district. And you would not believe for the, for the, for three years, how many people were like, Oh, why don't you just go here? It's cheaper. Why don't you just do this? It's better. I'm like, it's going to be a 10,000 square foot building in the arts district. Oh, why don't you get a smaller building so you can afford it? Nope. It's a 10,000 square foot building. We literally broke down or broke down. I mean, I definitely had breakdowns along the way, but we broke ground um, on, gosh, I I forget. I think it was March 9th on a 7,600 inside square foot building in the arts district with another uh, uh, with another almost like 9,000 square foot of roof space as well as yard space that we are building a holistic resource center and a social enterprise that will not only encompass the holistic resources that the Cupcake Girls and our partners provide all in one safe space. So we'll have tattoo removal and legal services and financial services, medical services, mental health services, um, and the list goes on for services for our our clients and for our partners' clients. But also on the other side, we're building a social enterprise food hall and business space where the rents and some of the dollars from the services are going to go back to the cupcake girls to keep the the whole thing uh, afloat and, and being provided for. And inside that will also be a bakery and cupcake shop and a salon that will provide job training, an 18-month job training program. So our clients can not only be provided services and skills, but can learn new careers and learn new structure and, and support roles in the professional life if they want that. And do that also in a trauma-informed environment where they're not going to get fired if they have a breakdown, which we've had clients that's happened over and over. And so, yeah, we are building Local for All, and the goal is to open it in fall of 2020, and we are continuing to show up every day through Zoom to keep that plan happening. Ah, I'm so excited to be a part of it. It is such it is such good stuff. So tell our listeners where they can find out more about the Cupcake Girls. And more importantly, if you 
do are looking for a place to help and you do have a little bit extra right now, um, there are lots of people that don't and we completely understand that. But there are some people that do and are sort of aimlessly looking for somewhere to give. The Cupcake Girls is an amazing place to give. So please tell everyone where they can find more information and how they can donate if they would like. Yeah. So as Jamie mentioned, we are a grassroots organization, 100% funded by individuals that care. We have people that give $10 a month and people that choose, you know, can choose us for a year end, a, a big year end gift and everywhere in between. We are supported by literally an empire of folks that believe in providing dignity and holistic resources for people that have been trafficked and individuals that are in crisis and in need services. And so you can find us on the cupcake girls dot, uh, the www that the, if people use www anymore, anyways, the cupcake girls.org and also on social media at cupcake girls org at local for all. Yeah. We're in the middle of this client increase and, and pivoting our, our fundraising to online for now. And so we're super excited still to offer people virtually options to have their name on the wall of Local for All, to have a room named after them, um, or just to simply be able to show up with a 5 or $10 a month um, donation or one time to make sure that our clients are are provided for in an intense time of need. And man, I'll tell you, I have been so overwhelmed with gratitude for folks that are showing up, even when things are uncertain for themselves, that they're saying, hey, I'm going to shift from me to we during this time, and I'm going to show up for someone else that might have it worse for me. Because, you know, I have a roof over my head and food on my table, and there might be other things uncertain, but some people don't even have that. Um, and so, yeah, I think we need to come together during this time. We would love to connect with you um, on on the Cupcake Girls social media and on our, or through our website to answer more questions or to share videos or more things that we can connect about. Joy, you are a total rock star. Thank you so much for sharing um, and telling everyone. I'm so happy we can continue to share the Cupcake Girls message. And I know there's loads of people out there that will be interested in wanting to know more. So we are definitely going to drop the links in our show notes as well. I know you are crazy busy right now. Um, so thank you for taking the time. I'm so happy to be here and having human interaction is good for the soul. So thanks, Jamie, for bringing me on and just for joining into this work all the way across the country and saying yes, even if you didn't know everything that I was required of you. <laughs> I jumped in. I had a feeling and I knew it was going to be good. Hey, we're bringing this yeah. to New York. Got to yeah, come to New York. Yes, we are. That's next. Yes. Oh, and tell everyone about your podcast before we forget oh, yeah. your podcast. Yes. I have a podcast called Humans Who Give a Shit, which is funny because uh, the name was built uh, when I met Jamie. I was nervous to call it that because it's pretty obviously a little progressive and some people might not identify with that. But that's what my husband and I consider ourselves. You know, there's all of this talk about there's influencers and there's people in the world that are these heroes. But honestly, we're just a couple of humans who give a shit that are, are uneducated, but have the biggest hearts in the world and will not stop until everyone's cared about. So if you'd like to hear more about our personal journey through through trauma and tragedy, and we talk about mental health, and we talk about um, just caring for clients and folks um, that we might want to hear their stories and learn something about someone that has a different experience than we do. We'd love to connect with you over on Humans Who Give a Shit. Thank you. Yeah, it's a good one. Everyone should definitely check it out. All right, Joy, you have a wonderful day. I'm happy to connect with you and I can't wait to see your face on Zoom again soon. <laughs> Yay, excited. Thanks, Jamie.
she's fantastic. Oh my like gosh. super, super impressive. Everybody needs a joy. They do need a joy. I know. I'm like, I need a joy now and I don't know joy. So. Oh, I'll introduce you. She's the greatest. I mean, there's a reason that I met her and literally six months later, I was on her board of directors. She is a force. And I appreciate that. Her, I appreciate how she's a force. She's a great, great, uh, just awesome person. And I love knowing her. And don't forget about my YouTube channel. I am very excited about it. I even have a cool new header on it. You can find me on YouTube by just searching Jamie Lieberman and I'll pop up. Uh, we want to hear the happy stories this week. Tell us all the cool community-driven events, the way that you've seen people show up, the nonprofits you're supporting. And let's get some info going in the in our uh, in our Facebook group, the uh, Fearless Business Podcast HQ. You can also find us at fearlessbusinesspodcast.com or anywhere that you listen to podcasts. I, I think I just said podcast like 65 times. So sorry. It's it's late here. Um, and if you would love Maybe to leave us. don't listen until the end anyway. I know. I know. Did anyone hear <laughs> me say podcast 65 times? No. No. And anywhere that you can, where you can find podcasts. I'm just going to keep saying podcast. Thank you. Just keep saying it. They're still not listening. For listening to our podcast. <laughs> and we'll see you we next week. We love you. <laughs> Thanks for listening. We'd love it if you'd subscribe and share this podcast. Reviews are amazing too. Please visit fearlessbusinesspodcast.com for more information. If you'd like to connect with Jamie, visit hashtag legal.com. And if you'd like to connect with Mary, visit thetransitionscollective.com. Thanks so much and we'll see you next time. This podcast is heard along the Marketing Podcast Network. For more great marketing podcasts, visit marketingpodcasts.net.